0: Hey, we're checking back in with State Representative Tacky Chandler of Quincy this week for a Tacky Talk update. Good to see you, Tacky.
1: Good to see you, Joe. In a bright and sunny December, and the chill has set in.
0: I know, for a little bit at least. I was just out um, not too long ago, actually. I went up to the Furnessbrook Golf Course to take a little video up there. I'm going to start working very soon. And uh, Forbes Hill Park, and then I went up to Ashlar Park, the old medical center. And all the while, I was freezing.
1: (laughs) Well, Joe and his camera and his tour. Uh, That's right. <laughs> I was at uh, the house neck uh, tree lighting on uh, on Sunday evening.
0: Oh, yeah, the lobster pots.
1: Yeah, it was it was lovely. Great to see the kids doing the Christmas carols and wonderful job by the fire department, the American Legion, and obviously House Neck Community Council and and all the different volunteers and families to come out and DJ um, uh, for uh, loaning the lobster pots again this season. And uh, we got we're in between raindrops. We got there right in like, like Little Grizzly. And then, as soon as we finished, the sky opened. Good timing. <laughs> it was very good timing. I was like, you know, I could close my umbrella for a bit because you know it wasn't too awful. But uh, then it was like right back on it when it got like it really started coming down. And it was yeah. warm. I mean, it was like a warm, you know, Sunday, 55, 60 degrees. And um, I actually was doing a lot of house cleaning, so couldn't quite get the suit on. It was like, all right, this it, we just have to look. We have to look good. <laughs> no, no time to look great. Yeah, so
0: just, <laughs> that's right. It is Sunday after all.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was like in middle of school, was Like I got to get out of here before I make dinner. So, uh, you know, this is kind of how this life works, folks. And uh, as you all know, I'm a single guy taking care of mom. So, um, you know, it's the juggling responsibilities is is uh, a big hectic. As you know, as I try to squeeze things in. That's you know, we talked about this a little earlier uh, uh, before we came on about you know our real life,
0: normal life issues. Yeah, absolutely. You got to work around it, I'm sure. What did they use for the star, by the way, on the lobster pot Christmas tree? Glowing crab. Okay. With multi crustaceans. David
1: DeBohn explained to me that this was a great idea during COVID when they decided to put this up. And the problem was that supply chain issues, they couldn't find a glowing lobster. (laughs) It
0: it goes right down to shellfish.
1: Close enough. We know there are crabs in the bay, and I was like, makes sense to me.
0: Sure, why not? <laughs> uh, so what's been happening in uh, in your legislative world?
1: It's been fairly quiet overall. Um, I've been taking meetings, as some legislators uh, come to my office yesterday for some meetings. And, um, you know, a lot of phone call and requests from folks as we close in on the new year because joint ten is coming up. Um, on the first Wednesday in February, which means all bills have to report out the committee or something has to be happening with them. Um, As chairs, uh, make recommendations to committee members to vote. We've set a schedule up for two days in January to hold what we call a late-file public hearing, as well as a whole two executive sessions to get bills out. You'll be able to watch that on um, the MA Legislature website. We are a very strong effort to at least you can see us do our uh, executive sessions, which is not very exciting, to be frank with you. Uh, but you can see us, you know, uh, vote, um, uh, which is more of a, a, a tally, of the folks uh, in the cha- uh, in the hearing room, as well as obviously online because everything's still hybrid. And um, you know, we can hear, you well, know, we re- read bill numbers on on what we're taking action on. So, I mean, we, we pretty much have probably about thirty percent of all the bills in committee has action taken already. So it'll be you know it'll be a long couple of executive sessions just reading bill numbers. Um, and of course, you know, as January turns, the lobbying be hot and heavy uh, for advocacy groups as well as um, citizen advocacy on, you know, bills that are interested. in. So you know, right now it's, it's a low period. We've got some constituent service issues. we got some calls in, uh, you know, around this holiday period. Unfortunately, um, you know, people's rents are due. Um, you know, uh, people feel assistance as the weather shifts. We're talking about being colder now. Um, you know, people needing food stamps. Uh I know that unemployment is still very low, uh, but it is a rotational thing. It's only like the same people at unemployment the whole time. We look at that percentage, and some people come on, and some people come off, and you know, human services uh, are required, and some people call us to see if they can get help. So but that's still continuing. Um, And talking to um, my staff, it seems to be a little bit of a tick up on a few things, particularly housing and unemployment.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Well, it's. I mean. Yes, you know, the, the Fed met yesterday, and uh, yes, they're going to start to cut rates next year, it looks like. Um, but, I mean, the, the economy is still very weird.
1: Very warm economy, uh, despite the fact that people feel a strong pinch on the, the, the dollar. Um, you know, more people are taking more than one job, which has resulted in the uh, availability of job number coming down. It's actually pre-pandemic now with 1.2 jobs uh, available per individual, uh, mm-hmm. which was actually pre-pandemic numbers, which means a very strong job market. If you get negative numbers, like you got like 0. 0.8 jobs available person, I mean, then, you know, unemployment should be very high, right? So, you know, it, it's a really strong economy, but I think the, the fact uh, that people are still feeling pinched at home, you know, it's hard to buy new property, hard to buy a new car, on a loan, uh, student loan forgiveness ended. Obviously, that created a whole new uh, group of folks that, you know, felt is now feeling a new financial impact uh, that was a temporary uh, for years uh, as a result of COVID. Um, you know, the, uh, despite the fact that the big economy numbers are great, you know, people at home, you know, are feeling still the, the pitch.
0: Yeah, there's this interesting disparity between, you know, what the big numbers say that the economy is doing great and what people are talking about around their, you know, dining room tables and trying to afford groceries and gas. You're absolutely correct. And uh, of course, this is a big
1: country. So I think that's part of what people forget up here in Massachusetts. Quality of life isn't the same as the Midwest or the Southwest, right? Our quality of life isn't the same as the Pacific Northwest, right? It's it's different everywhere, and even in large states, in like Florida, you know, the Panhandle is different from Miami. Hmm. Massachusetts, the Berkshire is different from the Cape, which is different from the North Coast, and which is different from Greater Boston. So, I mean, well, you know, including myself as we talk, you know, my talk about constituent services or, you know, our trials and tribulations at Supermarket, you know, is really our little world here in Quincy. You know, I don't claim that this is the whole state or the whole country, but this is my little m- microcosm of how I see things. Um, whether you agree with me or not, uh, I don't know. And I'm sure someone would you like to share your opinions with me. But this is my observation, right? When I go visit the market, you know, when I go visit CBS, when I go get my gasoline, you know, when I... Uh, you know, check out the roads uh, in the city, you know, same potholes you guys deal with, right? Um, and even the community into Boston. I mean, I have odd hours around my meeting schedule and I've observed that, you know, it's inconsistent hours of when traffic is screwing, uh, both coming in and out of the city. And uh, some nights, you know, I'm, I've actually been out there nights more in Boston, you know, getting out at 8, 8.30 and it's like nuts. trying mm-hmm. to. Get out. But, you know, I've also had... You know, eight AM trapped on the bridge, or eight AM not trapped on the
0: bridge. <laughs> it's. I know it's all it's. There's no set rhyme or reason to it anymore. Usually, you could depend on you know morning rush hour, afternoon rush hour. That that's gone.
1: Yeah, and uh, even with uh, well, even when economies were much stronger, you had uh, multiple shift hours, right? You had that morning shift, the mid afternoon shift, the evening shift. Uh, particularly big banks, financial industry is a strong part of our economy and, uh, you know, the 24-hour industry. Uh, and uh, people may have worked at state, state banks like State Street Bank, you know, listening, And, you know, they were running 24-hour shifts at one point during the 80s, 90s, and the early 2000s. Yeah. And uh, I know a lot of things remote. Everything's electronic. Uh, it's very different now in terms of how you engage uh, many different industries, especially the financial industry and on, on mediums of communication. Uh, but still, I mean, you still need some uh, office folks. And uh, and downtown's still very quiet. I mean, you know, financial district, a downtown area, uh, other than tourists, uh, it, there is not a lot of uh, people there. Uh, lunch places, again, the nicer ones that cater to high-end white collar, many are still not open for lunch.
0: Mm, yeah, actually, State Street just announced earlier this week, 1,500 layoffs uh, in the pipeline soon. So things are still... You know, settling out. Yeah, it's a very strange boat tightening right? During recessionary periods,
1: you know, wages stagnate or go down, and uh, industry income, you know, their earnings also stagnate, go down, and the profit margins shrink. Hence, you know, they start layoffs. This is kind of a weird situation where you have a combination of factors where inflation is creating a pinch, despite businesses are making more money. They're making more money because everything's more expensive, so their right. margins are kind of weird. Because even though they're making more money, the margins aren't super, uh, because they're now in a price competition, rising, you know, rising product prices, and the consumer pays the price for rising product prices, which means right. wages also go up because that's part of a workforce shortage. But we're living in kind of this weird hybrid remote non remote world, where there's also new efficiencies that appear and uh, companies that uh, discover these new efficiencies and uh, playing rent for property they don't need to pay rent for it because you know, rent hasn't gone down uh, in the last two years uh, you know you know, a need to try to figure out how to also tighten the belt which will rip through the economy the thing is that as less job openings available throughout any sector you know unemployment's going to go up and that, that's the mystery question right can, can any uh, business, whether it be a giant corporation or your local sub shop, or and then you know even you you know self employed. I mean, what, what's going to happen here in twenty twenty four? Where inflation, the big number is going down, but it isn't like a
0: cliff drop. Right. No, and and prices are not following suit. A lot of them. Yeah, and I don't see wages. I don't see wage deflation coming.
1: I think the wages you see in hourly wages the business have to pay for is most likely going to stay at the rate they are. Uh, especially the hourly rate and service industry um I'll be very surprised if with weight deflation deflation mm-hmm. the jolt number is still you know the jobs opening number is still you know 1.2 per per individual out there um that means there's still more jobs than people uh, and uh, till you get a negative uh a, you know a good size negative on that I, I just don't see wage deflation
0: well, I mean, during the pandemic, a lot of people retired early uh, or just chose to you know, do something different. So that opened up a lot of positions. And there's new technology emerging that people haven't been trained for yet. So there's a coming generation too. Yeah. And one of the interesting things is that
1: as the interest rates go down, generally the markets do really well in the time period on the way before and the one way in on interest rates go down. As we talk in today's the 4th of December, uh, you know, the market's gone, you know, insane uh, right now because just because the Federal Reserve said they're not, not going to raise rates and they're going to implement 3.25 uh, uh, interest rate cuts to the baseline over the course of next year without actually saying when next year. And of course, they could change the mind at any time.
0: But you or got this. God forbid something else terrible could happen,
1: you know, yeah. Yeah, and you got this market euphoria. And you also you hit on the head. Retirements are going to be coming up in 2024. This market euphoria continues and you're like, you're 67, you got to take a hard look, uh, and whether or not you're going to cash out because we saw how wonderful things were in 2020, uh, 2021, then the second half of 2022, the wheels fell off the bus right. on the market. And then people's 401 Ks and 457s and 403Bs and, you know, Roth IRAs or Roth or regular IRAs or what, you know, or there's whatever your, a pension program is or pension plan is the wheels fell off the bus. So, mm-hmm. 2023 is, you know, kind of a recovery year um, on your karma uh, accounts. And, you know, I think every part of 2024 that we see. So obviously some rocky roads It isn't going to fly high you know, every single week. Right. But, you know, if you are uh, one of those folks that two years ago, you know, was flying high and missed the boat on cashing out, and you're looking now that this Christmas period is a huge spike, and you're maybe hoping that it continues on to 2024, and you're at that age where, you know, you know, maybe you are you know, you can downsize, maybe, you know, you're looking at an opportunity to go to maybe a lower cost state and you're looking, you know, at your uh, retirement funds and you're seeing this, you know, perhaps 10% spike um in the next few months in 2024 and you're like really uh talking to your financial advisor about what to do next, um you really should. And I'm not saying you should retire, uh, but it, you know, that is gonna be a huge factor in our economy.
0: Yeah. For sure. It might be a good time to, you know, take some profits and lock them into a longer term CD at, at the higher rate now. Yeah. Long term CDs will still be high. Banks need
1: your money because mm-hmm. so much money flowed into money markets and treasuries. I mean, it's, it's now very apparent to me that's the case. And as money markets and treasuries flow back out um, from people's portfolios back into uh, stock market, you know, it's it's going to you know shift the market around again, the stock market. Uh, but you know, those are folks that you know are looking at their treasuries and and the money market decide that you know this isn't going to ride high much more longer because of the rate changes with the Fed's upcoming uh, banks, whether it be locally or nationally, because of Charles Schwab and Fidelity and you know all these online brokerages, you can get CDs from anywhere in the country. But just to warn you all uh, on your taxes, you only get a hundred dollar deduction on CDs and interest. For banks inside Massachusetts, not outside. Okay. Good. So to know. as part of your planning, you know, I know that hundred dollars can be a big deal for everyone, that 100 dollars deduction on, on Massachusetts bank interest. So, you know, as you're shopping around, you can like say you can do it online, you can try to shop for Massachusetts Bank. Uh, but you can find banks, you know, around the country, you know, giving you a 5.0 mm-hmm. to 5.4, you know, for three, six, and one year. And then you got oh, yeah. introductory, uh, introductory opening accounts where they pay you money. If you put like 10 grand or 20 grand or whatever, that minimum is, they say, and they give you like, you know, one, two, five, you know, whatever dollars. If you right. dollars, you know, hundreds of dollars, which is kind of shocking. Uh, You know, if you keep the X time period, plus you get special introductory rates. I mean, you know, it's a bit of homework to hunt down. Yes. Uh, yep. But you can find these really kind of like whoa moments where you can generate, you know, several hundred, you know, maybe a thousand dollars plus in like a three to six month period passively.
0: Yeah. It's, you know, like I say, do your homework. There's be, be aware of fees, you know, don't be afraid to ask questions about, about any limitations, but, uh, but they're out there for sure.
1: Yeah. And it's FID insured and,
0: mm-hmm. uh, not to say, you know,
1: I want people making mistakes, but you guarantee your principal.
0: Right. It's, it, if, if nothing, you won't lose anything.
1: <laughs> exactly. And, and if you make a mistake, I mean, obviously there's penalties involved, but I mean, everyone should know there's always a penalty if you try to withdraw it.
0: That's right that you should be advised of that for sure um so can we talk a little bit about um the statement by the attorney general this week techie regarding accepted forms of payment and especially some of the larger like td garden gillette stadium fenway park these credit only policies or or put your cash onto a credit debit card to use to pay as opposed to just using real money. <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh, Massachusetts law requires that anyone making a payment uh, must take cash, period. Uh, Cash is still king, folks. Uh, But, you know, we're living in a world where uh, electronic payment is very popular. Uh, You all know the danger of electronic payment. I mean, you know, credit cards seem like infinite money, but they're not. Mm. ATM, you know, overdraw fees will come into place at some point, right? So, you know, part of uh, the other reason why you know cash is required is because people are not are underbanked. Right, underbanking is still a real thing in this country, including Massachusetts. Uh, and you know, it can be a myriad of reasons. Some people just don't trust banks. I know older folks don't. Order folk stone. Other people run home businesses, which is partly a trash, uh, not trash, cash, cash economy uh, based um cash is not trash right in terms of investing
0: <laughs> no don't <laughs> but, throw
1: it away <laughs> don't throw your cash away. uh but no seriously i mean there are a lot of businesses would be small businesses or um self-owned businesses or home businesses that you know are still cash driven despite what people think what paypal and memo and other stuff uh, on electronic transaction and um you know you also have a lot of uh immigrant communities that live here that are used to just operating cash and not in credit so, you know, by not taking cash, you're
0: disenfranchising. Don't,
1: I need to look up the numbers. It's been a while, but, you know, I've been told it's up to 20 plus percent of the state is underbanked.
0: Wow. No kidding. That's high. I didn't think it would
1: be that high. I'm yeah, sorry. I need to look at the numbers. It's been a while. I mean, yeah. i have been working on a bill for years that requires um, uh, debit card wage payments, you know, as opposed to getting a check or cash, you get a, a debit card. Uh, for wage payments and have it treated the same as uh, cash where uh, the employers can't make you pay for your own pay. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, it's against the law in Massachusetts for your employer to make you pay to get your money. So two simple examples. The first one is a direct deposit. Your employer has to pay for the direct deposit service and electronic payroll. They can't deduct your paycheck for that. Second second is the much actually the original example many, many years ago where you could cash your check at the register at your employer. You sign your cash, you sign your paycheck over to your employer, and then you just take money out of the register.
0: Oh, if you're working in a retail setting. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. This this is the more, this is why this law was in place. You know, we thought about, you know, many, many years ago before we have direct deposit and not again, under bank, people may be working nights at retail. They need the money now. Um, they can't get to the bank. Um, there's no direct deposit. There's no ATM machines. You know, some younger, some younger folks like what? Um, and you need to take home your literally a wad of paycheck, you know, wad of cash out of retail stores as a Weird. weekly pay. Um, and <laughs> weekly pay is a rare thing too these days. It's everyone's like a bi weekly pay now as opposed yeah. to be. So um, so yeah, that, that's where it originates from. So in terms of the other side, you know, it's reflective of that type of paycheck situation where you know, some people will operate in cash because they work in retail and they just you know get their pay in cash and they're gonna deposit some of the cash in the bank later on. Yeah. Um, if they bank um, and then, you know, they, they pay everything else and your groceries and everything else and money, um, people still use money at grocery stores. It, it mm-hmm. does. happen. So, uh, you know, that's why it's illegal for people not to have a cash based option in terms of a storefront. I know that uh, web, if you're online stores. I mean, there's no such thing. I mean, it still exists, but we don't do cash on delivery anymore in terms of right. delivery services that isn't it's like really
0: rare because nobody's
1: home anymore. Well, <laughs> so that's it. I mean, unless you like like a pizza shop locally, for right. yeah. example, and you know, you pay you know cash and a tip to the people delivering the food. It's the same uh um, employee of that business, not Uber Eats or or you know, any other delivery service. I mean, that's not unusual to pay cash at the door. Um mm-hmm. And, and I, I talked about this before because my my dad's upbringing. You know, I still have this weird behavior where you know I carry some cash. You know, I don't carry like a bunch of money, but you carry some. You know, just enough that you know you 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 get to a restaurant and let's say the, the ATM uh, their um, transaction machine isn't working, which does happen. You know, you at least have
0: something to make sure they at least pay your bills. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I haven't taken a. Cabin a long time. Do they still take cash? Do you know, Jackie? You can do uh, you can do uh, electronic
1: uh, payment yeah. in cabs now too. Uh, I did that actually um, in Vegas uh, last winter as part of the NCSLE uh, People of Color Caucus, uh, and uh, I was a little surprised because I haven't done a cab in a while. Uh, mm. I don't go anywhere, folks. As you know, uh, and, uh, when I do travel, particularly overseas, I do prefer to be in places where I'm close to mass transit.
0: Right. Yep. Uh, Which We know it's all electronic now.
1: Yes, uh, I do. Well, we actually use cash to get the um, the tickets uh, as oh. well. So, you know, I do get local currency, and then I, you know, load up a card. Or yep, yep. there's first cards in some of these countries. You just yep. get a card, and it's like you pay, you know, a larger amount, but you got like unlimited usage for x number of days, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I've so, done that before. So, yeah, I, I always prefer, you know, my preference is always be somewhere in mass transit, you know, particularly vacationing alone. And, um, again, also the uh, other countries do have Uber-type services that are just not Uber. Um, right. yeah. You know, so, you know, obviously hand up the new apps and uh, obviously have that card with no transaction fees, no foreign transaction fees, and, you know, you, you make it all work. So, yeah. Um, So, yeah, I mean, cash is still king, uh, despite what people think. And, you know, like I said, a lot of people still underbanked.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, I mean, the U.S. dollar is still literally the standard around the world, too. The reserve currency, right? I mean, your reserve uh, is always going to be uh, U.S.-related
1: dollars, Mm -hmm. including U.S. treasuries, uh, gold, and Mm -hmm. U.S. cash. I mean, more than half the money on on, on our, our printing press never stays in country. Whether electronic or physical, it's somewhere else in the world in someone's bank account or you know, hard cash in a safe or, or a case of world banks. You know, they keep gobbling up U.S. Treasuries. So interesting trivia. China is not the single biggest country now that buys U.S. Treasuries. It's Japan. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, the Japanese and the British have always been in the top tier. Um, mm-hmm. And people ask, why do foreign countries buy the U.S. Treasuries? It's very simple. It's guaranteed money. Right. Yep. It's, it's exactly... Sure. Yeah, people have these nefar have these very nefarious reasons why you know why people own US Treasuries. This ain't this ain't complicated. It's because it's guaranteed money that they gotta pay. It's this literally sp-
0: money in the bank. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. The, the Social Security uh, trust fund is the biggest buyer of US Treasuries. It's the biggest single one. Uh again, because your Social Security is a minimal risk um trust fund. Uh US Treasury by
0: the US government.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's a minimal risk. Mm-hmm. So us rest treasuries are there. of course the rate market as you also has changed how people buy bonds and mm-hmm. t-bills and all that but you know that's kind of where so you another know, that signals is always a bad sign as if a country or a big business is selling a lot of their u.s treasuries meaning they need money now they're not waiting for maturity so you know you get your principal back but you also aren't going to make as much uh, interest on those treasuries so even though you know some countries are buying less or some corporations or or people are buying less of our u.s treasuries um there's also a lot being flooded into the market too it's a reflection of how much treasuries they hold so if they have a rapid decline in, in treasuries being hold it means they're selling them when they're selling them that means they're having a money problem
0: yeah speaking of money um the supplemental budget techie that was recently approved is there anything specifically in there for quincy do you know Not specifically. I mean, there's some, again,
1: the the migrant issue is the one that was the largest part Mm -hmm. of that. You know, all cities and towns will receive a little bit of assistance depending on the circumstances. Quincy is not, I know those are news reports, those actually incorrect based on what the governor's people told me. You know, uh, that is not housing there on an extended time period. So other communities, you know, I was talking to the rep from Attleboro, you know, has reached maximum capacity for them to house. And uh you know, in their case, uh they had two things going on, they had a massive flood, so they had natural disasters, some of the money in the supplemental budgets to assist the town on, on this on the city on this massive flooding problem. The second part is that you know money's going down there for um, you know, filling the back back hole, so to speak, on education funding, um, as well as human service funding, because the budgets uh, at the beginning of the school year was not planning these influx of children.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: So healthcare systems, um, you know, you know, community health in particular, uh, you yeah. know. Need assistance. And, you know, we're funding money to some of these communities that are hosting migrants. Uh, Massachusetts, I'm sorry, Quincy is not hosting uh, permanent migrants. They're all temporary. They come and they go. They won't be helping
0: the school system. Yeah, no, they have not been enrolled in the school system at all. That's right. Um, So, and I know in Attleboro, uh, actually, Manit Community Health Center just opened a location down there, so that works out well.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, kudos and great job to, you know, Manit and Bay State and QCAP and many, many others You know, a particular health check. I think I cannot emphasize the importance of the health checks, especially looking for tuberculosis. Um, Tuberculosis is high again on a global level, particularly in countries where there are not very good healthcare systems, Mm -hmm. uh, which is actually a lot more to the planet than you
0: realize. Yeah. And Uh, it's so contagious too. You don't want to get that out of control. (laughs) Very contagious and very sneaky. Uh, You have to actually hunt for
1: uh, TB uh, to find it. And the other one's measles. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, I didn't realize how many children in, in this country are not inoculated by measles be, because we thought we finally eradicated it. But again, on a global level, you know, like polio still exists. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's it's not 100% eradicated on a global level.
0: Right, right. Um, hey, do you know um, Quincy Asian Resources, Jackie? Did, do you, are they still downtown or have they moved out of Quincy Center? Yeah, they're
1: still in the Quincy Center area. they they um have left, you know, essentially a QCAP building. Yeah. And I believe they're in president's place.
0: Oh, okay. Um, the old bargain center.
1: Yeah, this uh I'm not you have to talk to Phil about this. I have not okay. talked about it recently because I've not had a chance to visit a new locale. So there's some transitional components regarding bringing the new locale into shape. So they're kind of like in-between situation. Oh, okay. So they bring the new office into shape. So there's a little bit of a uh, quasi transitional period they are in. Okay.
0: Yeah. I know they have the new place up north Quincy. Uh that's it's pretty busy. It's, uh, but I just noticed the other day that the Quincy Center location is gone.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, it's uh we've outgrown or they've outgrown
1: actually that location. And uh, it was it eventually was gonna be time to move on. And, and you know uh Beth Anstrollo and Kill has been a great landlord and host for uh, God since uh, 2001. Yep, a long time. Yep. Oh, yeah, it's been well over twenty years, and you know uh, Beth Ann was one of the board uh, agency founders and board founders. So you know, and she's been very generous for over the years and on, on trying to you know help us get floating initially, and but eventually you know it's an, it's actually a pretty powerful agency in terms of its development. Philip Philip Chung, you guys all know it as a New York presence as well as a Quincy presence, and. Um, you know, they have a contract with Amazon regarding um, holistic human services, plus, you know, hiring folks to work uh, as drivers and people working in a warehouse. Um, and it's like, at yeah, it the same time you could do human services there regarding things like shelter and food services and things like that. Um, besides, you know, keeping up the local programs on youth and seniors and English classes and workforce development here locally. So they're, they're you know, they really have expanded and, you know, they're, um, You know, the budgets are kind of funny in not-for-profits because a lot of that money is, you know, committed uh, to other uh, services. So it's like Mm it's not money in the way people think it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, the land is massive CDC grant, um, you know, they'll be implementing. And food security is one of the things they're working on too. So, and then, of course, the mental health. They they have a fully licensed uh, mental health uh, capacity uh, from DPH last year, and that is now
0: ramping up. Yep, they've really grown exponentially for sure in a short period of time, uh, as has QCAP. Uh, and It's also expanded in as many facets of it now.
1: Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's it's, it's quite remarkable. Uh, and, you know, not to disparage some of the Chinatown agencies, but, I mean, it, it, despite the economy and COVID and everything else, you know, we've done a, a fantastic job here, you know, on actually delivering services that need to be delivered you know, innovating in and out different services based on need and obviously chasing the dollars down they need to chase down, um, you know, without a Boston address. Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, We talked about this before we started recording this morning, Tacky about it. I want to ask you, do you think there should be safe injection sites in Massachusetts, like the the Department of Public Health came out with earlier this week and said, yes? Yeah, I mean, my attitude
1: is going to, eh, right, I'm not warm to this idea. Yeah, you got to do this kind of stuff. It's not as as simple as like you know, you open a you know a storefront and you you know have a couple of medical people there and then you let people inject safely, you know, the substances. Uh, it's it's it needs to be more than that. It has to be a, like a full service center to try to help you, um, you know, not use these substances, right? You want people to um, you know go into recovery know get the help they need to go into recovery and you know i'm sure the dph is looking at that but it's you know you can bring people there but how do you get them to want to get recovery
0: mm, yeah it's, it has yeah. to be up to the individual it has to start with them right it's the first step in the 12-step program right admitting you have a problem uh that's right and you know i, I know i haven't uh, gone to um drug court
1: as much um particularly during covid when you didn't have drug court in conventional matter. but you know lawful county you know, it's the national model for drug court giving the folks that have been arrested a chance to uh, go into recovery as opposed to go to jail for minor offenses. And, um, you know, it's the same story here every time. You know, you, you hit a certain point in your life and you make the effort to to kick the habit, quote unquote, but, you know, recover again, recovery and reclaim control of your life. Um, you know, uh, injection centers you know, create a safe environment for people not to overdose. And if something bad happens, people are there. But you know, the objective is to help you take over your life, not enable something to continue to take over your life. Mm-hmm. And uh, not, I've not seen the plan yet, but if you're going to do something like that, it's going to huge, somewhat of a shift in our mentality of substance abuse assistance um, where, uh, you know, you need to create like a total center Um, where you come in, but you're not just there for injection. And then, you know, there's also, you know, the peer enabling issue, right? One of the things I hear from uh, people that work in this field is that if you uh, have peers that also engage in the same behavior you, it's just positive reinforcement for negative behavior. And, you know, injection sites can create that positive reinforcement for negative behavior
0: if that's all that's happening there right if that's all you're allowed to do there right
1: yeah and i at least i've not looked at reports around the world yet I, it's been a while but i mean last time i saw something uh, you know it was, was a long time ago and it's not it's mixed results mm-hmm. you know i get it on, on one level it's a public safety public health issue you know on another level you, you, you got to take you got to do this you got to do the full approach and that's going to be a major investment and a shift on, on
0: how we address recovery yeah, and I can see there'll be obviously a lot of pushback from where they're located, how they're paid for. Um, so it's 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 a whole can of worms for sure. Yeah, um, again, I'm not on the committee of, of
1: mental health and substance abuse, uh, which is uh, Adrian Madaro, uh, the rep from the Eastie. Um, but you know, I like it's been a very long time since I've seen a study. I should I could probably find some news reports around the world to see what the Preliminary results are, but it's been a long time since they looked at it. But even then, if I recall correctly, many years ago, uh, this is not a new program. It's been around for decades in terms of. Oh, that's right. Yep, and uh, not not consistent results about positive responses. It's right.
0: yeah. though There's much more available data on the 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 prevention programs, um, you know, Gavin House uh, things of that nature that do show success.
1: Uh, yeah, that's correct. So. You know, let's see how this plays out of it. I mean, um, you know, my colleague, you know, on the Substance Abuse uh, and Mental Health uh, Committee, you know, is kind of in charge of that, as well as the public health run by Marjorie Decker out of Cambridge. You know, those are the committee chairs that are definitely most interested in, in working on that stuff and, and let the members know what they think. Um, but as you can tell, I mean, I get it. However, it's a little, it should not be. And I'm very doubtful not seeing the DBH report that it's solely talk about injection centers but you know also a lot of these services are done by not-for-profit agencies and mm-hmm. you, you need to buy in from like other not-for-profits they're going to have to do resource reallocation uh to to provide a holistic approach or the dph is going to have to come up or we're going to have to come up with the level you know more funding for a separate program that isn't part of our existing network
0: yeah 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 all kinds of questions not a lot of answers right now <laughs> no i don't have a lot of answers i just yeah know
1: how to do something some baseline implementation as you can tell but obviously detail implementation i have no idea and i don't have sufficient information to give you an idea how a detailed implementation would work
0: yeah uh anything coming up in the district we should let folks know about
1: Um we're heading the holiday season um i'm sure there may be some more little tree lightings here or there are newer things i have no idea where they are at the moment uh you know as we're speaking now where you know the city hall has their open house today uh, which obviously you'll miss by the time you hear this 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 recording um and uh, obviously you know i drove by and started saw the skating rink um, yeah uh at the uh, old Hop area um and uh, it's great i mean you know this is a great project by the city and uh, the city's done a great job putting up the festive lights and um you know but it's quincy is pretty quiet going into the holidays in terms of
0: in terms of like big activities Yes, that's true. Yeah, we've already, you know, we had a parade, we had our lightings, we had our Santa, we, we kind of did it all. Now we're taking a little break.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's nice this way. Uh, I know we don't have first night anymore. We haven't had have first night in decades, uh, but that was also privately funded. Um,
0: that was huge, actually, years ago. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it, it was. Uh, it was good because people didn't have to get into Boston and that insanity. Uh, and, and that can get kind of crazy. And sometimes you want to do something daytime. When I was in Boston uh, where it's a little quieter, and then you do a nighttime event in the city of Quincy. So, right. uh, you know, I know things are expensive. The city hall has a lot to do. They would do a lot for us already in terms of celebrations and family fun. Um, and, uh, you know, but you know, a lot of stuff was also privately paid for. And, you know, we never recovered from the 03 session. Some of these things that you may remember from 20 plus years ago aren't happening today because. You know when they people literally ran out of money there was deflation actually you know you had the 03 period and we had deflation again in 8 you know uh you know donors were dried up and uh they're never reactivated you know when the economy got strong in the teens but you know there's a lot of work too it's not like you know you just need money you got people to actually put the effort in and then spend you know basically like a month you know half a month I'm sorry half a year you know to a full year planning some of these things out.
0: The polar plunge in, on how's next coming up in January, Tacky. you gonna be in there?
1: No. <laughs> no.
0: I knew the no. answer already.
1: No. and I, I'm aware the Friends of Street Beach also have a polar plunge. Yes, they do. <laughs> and uh, last year there was a polar plunge for the um Lincoln Hancock School.
0: Oh, that's right. Yes, they were down at the Mount Street Beach. Yeah. I yeah. Think the Friends of Street Beach were in Boston last year. Yeah, I don't like
1: the water. <laughs> I have no interest in freezing in water. So if you don't like it, just incentivization of cold um, is not. No. And given my health constantly getting sick in the winter, uh, I think it invites uh, a immune deficiencies to go forward in my case. So I wish everybody the best, enjoy, and uh, be very supportive of your local organizations. But no,
0: I'm not, I'm not getting water. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, well, it- well, let's wrap things up, Jackie. Yeah, um, you know, a little bit of
1: a short program, but it is a holiday uh, period, so there's less to say, but you know, let's talk kind of about random things. Uh, you know, just remind folks, uh, I, uh, Christmas is on a Monday, New Year's is on a Monday. Uh, so obviously holiday traffic is gonna be quite insane um, going into this weekend. So that that's gonna be uh, a reminder for folks, you know, traffic safety, you know, it's very important this time of year. Um, Obviously your health safety, right? Um, You know, it's a very stressful period. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, for for a lot of families, uh, not necessarily financially, just putting together the holidays, right? Uh, whether you're hosting a party uh, with your family, or you go friends, or you try to travel to family or friends during this holiday period, you know, remember your mental health and your physical health is part of it all. I mean, you're supposed to have a good time, not to not to make yourself nuts. Um, and you know, and if you're doing uh, shopping by um, mail, you know, online shopping, a lot of FedEx services and others, you know, are telling people to try to get the shopping done by next Sunday to try to ensure that it arrives before Christmas and uh, check uh, the website for many local stores who are going to be doing some curbside pickup um, during uh, near Christmas Eve. Um, and Christmas Eve is a uh, This course I pick up is actually a COVID component, right? It actually Mm -hmm. is very efficient for stores to have your orders ready, bring them straight to your car and just keep moving everybody through. So, you know, know, the stories about in the news about extended hours from the big box stores. Um, So definitely check online. Uh, You can do something that you're not gonna buy. You've seen, you don't have to look at a store. You know, try to do it online mm-hmm. if you ever kind of say pickup. And we always encourage again small businesses try to you know get to your small business owners for for the holiday season. Again, they may also be providing accommodations in terms of pickup and drop off as well. So you know obviously give them a phone call. You show up at their store. You know ask them about whether or not they can hold things for you um, to do that. And uh, and also watch out for credit card scams. I got a new scam in my email saying a vendor uh, is looking for payment from me. Um, it comes as INTEL.paypal.com. That is not a PayPal. That is a scam. It looks very good, by the way, that that the email that, that looks authentic. So watch out for those email scams. Watch out for the phone calls. Again, normal calls have started. You know, people claim they owe stores money. People are claiming that you know computer's been uh compromised. People are calls claiming they owe taxes or calls claiming that immigration trying to deport you. Mm. Uh, those are all scam calls. Uh, government agents do not phone call you, and neither banks, nor box stores, nor any store will call you for collection. So, you know, obviously, you know, you can call us and we can help verify things, um, but also don't click on things you don't know on the internet, um, particularly email. Uh, Calling me he won't help you once you click that and things happen. Right. Um, you know, definitely reach out to law enforcement. You know, at so least get a police report in. Uh, but, you know, everyone be very careful. This time of year is a very a big period. And you saw the news. There was a s- scam regarding uh, gift cards where, mm-hmm. um, you know, people stealing gift cards, pre-activate somehow, uh, and then, you know, stealing the numbers off the cards, essentially, and then when you activate your card, you wipe out your card online, and then you get a card that's has nothing in it. Right. So, you know, watch out uh, for gift card theft, and you know, obviously, uh, you know, another one is that, you know, people force other people through these scams on phones to buy gift cards on their behalf, right? And if someone's telling you to pay them in a gift card, you know that is a scam. So I know it's a long list of scams I'm telling you about, but right about now is that time period.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, and they're all coming up with new ones all the time. Um, so you really need to be vigilant. And if you have a question, you know, listen to your common sense, because if, if, if something's raising a red flag, there's there's a pretty good chance that it's not legit.
1: And definitely earn a side of caution, everyone. I mean, if you feel like it's, you know, a scam, you know, your gut's probably going to be correct. And, you know, you always can, if you it's if it's a business you know, personally know, and you, know, you engage regularly, you got a weird email, call that business or call that uh, bank or call that financial planner or call, you know, whomever that you know that you have engagement. One of the things that really fools people is that something you regularly engage business with and they've been hacked and you get an email from them and uh, they've not realized it happened yet. You know, sometimes you see it's a little bit peculiar, you don't know, call up that person that you know or the business, you know, and say, hey, you know, I got this email, is it really from you? And, you know, even if it's like, you know, kind of like the the big insurance like company, like I got farmers right in my life, you know, I see some weird email. I mean, there's, there's no reason I can't call customer service to say, hey, I get this email, you know, what's going on here? And at least, you know, you're calling your insurance company and find out if this email is legit, which is, I'm going to tell you 100% of the time, it's not legit. Right. Um, but it does, you know, does, you know, put them on alert also that perhaps there have been a security breach or, you know, there is a new scammer out there that somehow is an email address that makes it look like them so they can put it on their uh, fraud alert system. Uh, insurance companies and banks spends hundreds of millions of dollars on data security.
0: Yep.
1: Fraud alerts. And uh, every time a fraud happens, they eat it. So it's in their best interest to let us know, to let them know that a bank or should be in of fraud situation so that they don't end up, you know, taking the negative in their, in the bottom line, which then absolutely. gets to us in the long term.
0: Yeah. It's, you know, typically older folks are, are targeted. So uh, if something looks suspicious, ask somebody you trust, you know, to, to check it out with you.
1: Absolutely. You, you absolutely should. And, uh you know, that's like a piece of advice for the, you know today as we go into the you know the holiday week next week you know, definitely you'll know, be very careful and um and also again. Yeah, i mean i know things are expensive and uh, some folks think they have infinite money or credit cards but this is actually a good time to start revaluing finance we talked early on in the show about retirement right you know it's a great time to actually start to revalue finance Once supposed to get through the christmas period you get through all your friends and family and everything else you have to do during this time period it's it's a good chance to sit down and do a reevaluation where you are and start your financial planning for next year before tax tax day comes in
0: April. Absolutely. It'll be here before you know it. <laughs> <laughs> uh can we get a hold of you, Tacky, Of course. Of course.
1: 617 No, three, sorry. 370. 617 <laughs> I had a brain freeze and I almost gave you my old number. So yeah, we are in office, give us a call. Um, you know, Beth and Roseanne's the front desk, uh, front desk staff, but we're not always able to get to the phone because we're on the phone with somebody else. So, you know, obviously, you know, hit the voicemail and we'll we'll get back to as quick as we can. T-A-C-K-E-Y.C-H-A-N, tacky.chan at mahouse.gov. Um, uh, my email is actually accessible. So this is a good sign right now. So obviously we uh look at uh, prioritization of constituent services first. And then, you know, I do look at everybody's email regarding policy issues. I may not remember everybody's name, but I do read these. And then, you know, the staff and I will review. and obviously we categorize everything into our database system. So we know what people's positions are. MA Legislature.gov said, said this a little earlier today regarding, uh, you can watch your informal sessions as well as our past public hearings. You can look up bills yourself and what the status are. I've had people call and email me, ask me for an update after they've been to the website. I do not have any more information than what the website tells you because it is simulcast, simulcast based on the filing. So when we file stuff, it is put on the website very shortly after because that's how the system works. Right. Yeah, there's
0: no magic no magic involved here. <laughs>
1: there's no tacky insight on where Bill is because what you see on the web is where it is. Because uh, as a committee chair, I do know when we file our stuff, it makes itself to the website You know, in a uh Samuel Castman and when the clerk processes it, at the same time we send it to them. It's all electronic. So, but you can look up your bills. You don't need me to do that. Then you also can find, you know, like I said, you know, things about the legislature that you want to look at. Obviously, uh, we have State Representative Tacky Chan, uh website. I'm sorry, Facebook. You can see pictures of places I've been. We should have the Hells Nick Collapse Pot tree up at some point, if not already there. I, I know Maeve yesterday was asking me about, you know, different pictures as we're kind of like putting some holiday collages up on social media, you know, it's a it's holidays folks. um And, um, you know, X at Tacky Chan, um, we still use that. And, of course, you know, here we are at QE You can see it on uh, local cable access or YouTube or the website and uh, on your favorite podcast station.
0: We got you covered. Coming and going. Yeah, <laughs> well, you think you're paying me. In fact, I'm basically, you know,
1: promoting it. Right? point. <laughs>
0: If we were for profit, people would wonder, but we're not. So there's no money exchanged here, folks. There
1: is no compensation for me to promote Joe, just to let you all know. That's
0: correct. Uh, So we'll talk uh, one more time before Christmas.
1: Absolutely. And uh, for those who may be uh, far too busy to listen to us next week, I'll give you a little bit of advance. Happy uh, Christmas, obviously, right now in the Hanukkah period. So happy Hanukkah to folks who celebrate Hanukkah um uh, but uh yeah no we're gonna do at least one more uh next week uh and now let's let's hope for a very quiet week and we can talk about non-interesting
0: news uh for our light holiday oh okay we'll go over your holiday menu maybe how about how about that
1: (laughs) you can do that i think we get some a little bit of uh tacky cooking uh how tacky does cooking (laughs) (laughs) my unique dietary problems
0: so maybe a santa hat for you jackie (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, let's not push it, show. All right. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Sure, they Joe.